Hi everyone, welcome to Let's Talk About Skills, baby. I am your host, Kelly Ryan Bailey. Each week I chat with inspiring visionaries about the skills that make them successful, how they developed those skills, and their innovative approaches to improving skills-based hiring and learning around the world. Come learn what skills help you live your best life. Today we're joined by our guest, Warren Kennard. Hello, thank you for joining us. Yeah, wonderful to be here. Thanks so much. And thank you. I know it's a little early on your end, so I extra appreciate <laughs> <laughs> the time. So Warren, I know, you know I'm going to ask that you jump in and do your intro, but just to at least allow everyone to understand that Warren is the managing director of Kahoot Academy. Um, I'd love to kind of hear a little bit more about what you do there at Kahoot and some other things that you might be involved in as well. Yeah, no, wonderful. And, and as I said, thanks, thanks very much for having me. And yes, it is early. So if I stumble on a few things, please, please forgive me. Um, so, we certainly uh, will. <laughs> so what I'm up to uh, at the moment, uh, I'm, as you mentioned, the managing director of the Kahoot Academy, uh, where we focused on uh, building workforce capability at scale. And we do that um, in an online people-mediated learning experience, which is um, really awesome work uh, that, that we're doing, um, which, which I'm looking forward to expanding on. And, and as a second hat, as it were, which most of us in life are, are wearing multiple hats, aren't we? But um, the second hat that I wear is uh, as the founder of ConnectEd. Uh, and ConnectEd is a project focused on a course uh, in EdTech and higher education strategy for um, higher education professionals, um, helping them at this uh, very interesting time uh, for higher education to build capability and build strategy uh, for, for their success. So those are the two yeah. things that I'm principally occupied with at the moment. Very cool. Thank you so much. I didn't even know that. <laughs> so <laughs> this is super interesting. Well, beyond what it is that you're involved in right now, Warren, I think we'd love to hear a little bit more about what's kind of led you here today. What are some of the things throughout your life that you would consider maybe like the highlights or you can dive into those highlights too? Yeah, it's a, a very broad question and, um, and, uh, I don't want, I'll try and make it as potted and, and exciting as possible, but the, the short story is that I fell in love with uh, higher education and, and skills um, really through uh, the conversations with my parents, like uh, I suppose many of us um, start off being inquisitive and, and trying to be curious about the world and, and what, it, uh, what, it, what it can do for us and the potential that it can have for our careers and our lives. And my parents were obviously um, very uh, adamant that we, we get an education, that uh, knowledge was, was in those days very much considered sort of power and, and it would get you a, a leg up in the world. So while I wasn't um, classified as university material at that stage and um, you know, my, my grades weren't um, all that fantastic, um, I recognized that uh, this was my opportunity to thrive, to choose something that I really enjoyed and, and follow that. Um, I didn't get it right initially uh, in the sense of choosing my own destiny. Um, my, my parents, again, um, were very instrumental in, in what I studied. So I was um, considered myself quite a, quite a late starter when it comes to that. I was very interested in sports and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just, just generally um, 
was a bit confused about exactly what, what I wanted to achieve in the world and, and what the world was all about. Um, but they put me onto a marketing track and um, at a private uh, institution in, in South Africa in Cape Town. And I really thrived. Um, and I think it was the the getting out of the school kind of environment was was really important for me. Uh, learning from really wise and interesting people uh, was was terrific. Um, so there was a great deal of professors and lecturers that were giving us some awesome um, insights. And and I suddenly realised, okay, there's real power in in the ability to transfer knowledge when when one's really interested in that subject matter. And yeah. and and this is how I I could see um, myself kind of um, getting ahead and doing the things that I wanted to do. Uh, so that was my, my initial foray into the higher education in, environment. I, I subsequently was employed by that same institution oh, that I wow. studied at. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of fell uh, into the higher education ecosystem. I was starting mm -hmm. to recruit students uh, for that institution and, and guiding them on the journey on what they should be undertaking in life. And, and I guess, Part of what I realized was my own um, lack of making my own decisions helped me to help others to make their decisions about what was good for them. Uh, so we, you know, we used to have, have wonderful conversations with students about what their futures look like, what they would like to achieve in life, and, and then direct them onto programs. And, and the rest, as they say, is history. I've, I've been in higher education for about uh, 20 odd years, done a number of roles, um, uh, actually very many roles, and worked at many institutions, and I've done consulting as well. Um, so I've been in a broad cross-section of, of the higher education ecosystem, uh, mainly from sales, marketing, and business development and partnerships kind of arena. And yeah. then the last 10 years of my career have been focused on online uh, higher education. Mm -hmm. And um, again, just slightly diversified more into the uh, small private online courses that are more for lifelong learning. So, yeah. so that's like the, the just a little backstory. That's really great. I'm envisioning, like, as I heard the beginning of the story, I'm envisioning sitting around the dinner table, perhaps, <laughs> with your parents and them sort of like guiding you. Was there anything in particular? Because I know I think back to my experience like that. And, and I don't know if this was the same with you, with your parents. My father was a dentist. So basically, my track was to take over his dental practice. I had no right. other... Um, say in the matter <laughs> at the time, but were, were they pretty adamant about what direction or were they trying to like gather from you what might make the most sense, you know, based on what areas you sort of excelled at? Yeah, so my father um, is very technical. So yeah, he's an um, electrical engineer by trade. Um, and my mom did various uh, bits and pieces of work was at that really looked after us was her, her primary and that would have been hard um, with the three kids and especially me, I wasn't, wasn't that easy to manage. So um, <laughs> I can imagine that was a, a full-time gig. Um, so, but I, there was no expectation on, on my future. Uh, they definitely tried to coach and advise me, but it's, it's so sad when I look back now at how ignorant I was um, about what opportunities there are and how callously I made these decisions um, and haphazardly made these decisions. And, um, you know, they just thought I, I'm really good. I was a reasonable communicator at that stage and right. I could be quite persuasive and I enjoyed, um, you know, the, 
the sales and marketing part of it and and I enjoyed what was happening with brands and so on so it, it was also through consultation with that institution that um, you know helped me formulate that path but oh, it felt good. like a generalist program that one could dive into yeah yeah you're, you're reminding me of my choice in school at the time probably not anything to do with work potentially to do with surfing and the location but you know <laughs> yeah, yeah no i i i resonate with that completely <laughs> I, my, my it, it is funny to look back and remember like how you know especially when you're young that these sorts of decisions i mean you're just your mind isn't anywhere near there so now like with this academy that you attended because i love that concept that they worked with you to sort of like pull out from you those areas that may have been your strong points and kind of lead you into a path, which is just fascinating. Did you, was this something that was really personalized to you? Did they use any methods um, at the time that you recognize now as like a process or was it more just like one-on-one -on -one conversation? One-on-one uh, -on -one conversation. And I mean, now I, I did, uh, now that you remind me, I, I did some psychometric um, testing as well at, yeah. at when I was uh, 18 or whatever, uh, just dawns on me now. But the the insights weren't uh, wonderful. I mean, they they actually recommended botany to me. Um, so Ooh. working with plants or something, um, <laughs> which I don't recall having an interest in, but um, yeah, so, and then having various chats with people, um, having been in the sales environment within private higher education, it, it again reflects on me that, um, you know, we will obviously steer people towards a program that one offers because that's commercially um, astute. Um, so there is that part of it. Um, so sure. was there some kind of formal process? No, I, I don't think there was. I think there was a genuine interest from the people that were trying to advise me to uh, help me. Um, I, I right. do think that, uh, but gee whiz, was I, um, you know, very much wet behind the ears and didn't uh, really give this too much thought like you. The the surfing was much more interesting for me. And um, <laughs> so, so no, I, I don't think I had a great experience with, with finding my path. That's really, so, so tell me more about this. I'm like, again, I'm picturing this academy experience for you and I'm just again, these like similarities that we have maybe in our background, like I was much more hands-on and I wonder if you were the same and if that was sort of an experience that you realized with this particular school, because you've mentioned these amazing professors and, you know, people that you were mm. learning from, um, just trying to get at, was there like a different experience to that or was it typical learning as we might refer to? you know, back then, yes. <laughs> if you will. Yeah, yeah, it, it was um, very traditional. Uh, in fact, it, it was not dissimilar to the school type environment in, in terms of the, the actual physical layout of, of the facility. It was more modern and, and there were um, attractive young ladies at the campus, which, which really helped um, me choose my ultimate path. Um, but these are these are the things that were, that were um, uh, you know, in my, uh, my kind of experience was, was very much um, divorced from the actual uh, learning experience, as it were. And, and while I, I grew into that, which I think they did some things well, which was to have inspiring people um, talk to you. Not everyone was, um, of sure. course. There were, uh, there were subjects that I was particularly interested in. So like economics, uh, marketing uh, were, were of, of keen interest to me. Um, funny enough, like even the statistics, which I wasn't really all that wonderful at math at, at school, um, you know, the statistics, I could see the value in, in how that um, 
was impacting my life and the, and the future career that I would have. So it's a combination of those um, economic skills, the marketing skills, and the ability for those people to relay that information in such a way that it was impactful and, and, and through stories and so on that had really resonate with me. And those were the ones that I enjoyed the most. But as far as the infrastructure, I mean, we were very much to um, we were very much um, like uh, we could ask questions and so on, but it wasn't mm -hmm. a dialogue. Um, it was very much being lectured to. Um, and, and so the, the model for education now, in my opinion, looks, looks very different to, to that. So true. Much more interactive, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a different way. So did you, when you then became, you know, working for this particular academy, did you start to have thoughts around, I know you mentioned that like helping other people make decisions sort of helped you as well, but I'm wondering yeah. if you already started ha having the inklings of thoughts towards the work that you're doing now, because I often hear in many people's journeys that there's moments in time where they're experiencing either through personal challenge or challenge challenges with others, that there's really change that they'd be interested in making in this, in that sort of process in terms of education. Yeah, um, I think for me, I, I, I'm grappling with that question a little bit. Um, I don't, I don't miss. I think my my path was more organic than determined in in some way. Um, I think I had to get exposure to different things, and and as I started realizing more, and and there were wise people kind of in my ear uh, throughout my career, um, peppering me with with some insights and thoughts, and and kind of helping me to round out what what that looks like and what, what good looks like and what I want to achieve in the world. I, I think it was more organic than, than um, light bulb moments per se. Okay. I, of course, there were situations where I, I realized um, a, a skill that I had in being able to um, uh, organize uh, processes and systems and so on um, when they aren't there um, because I wanted to make my life easier and I wanted to make it more manageable for me for my workload and so on. So I did uh, have an aptitude to building out systems and processes that were scalable and, and really helped to um, shine a light on, on various aspects of the business that I wanted to shed light on. And, and so yeah. data became a, a very, very interesting point of departure for me where I could start making much more informed decisions and so on. So that mm -hmm. definitely had a, um, you know, I, I remedied that particular problem that I that I saw and and I think it was more an evolution of understanding gee whiz there's some really interesting things happening in the space that we can do better um, and how do I start um, building products and services to better support that that makes a lot of sense I, I totally agree with the organic it's 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 sometimes you don't realize what's happening until you look back and you're like wow that all just made sense I just yeah. didn't know it at the time <laughs> Quite right. Like I cannot, uh, I cannot um, emphasize that enough. It was very much a case for me of uh, people whispering my ear, just being alert and observant. And, and someone referred to me at one stage. Now that it dawns on me, someone referred to me as a bit of a sponge in that sense. So mm -hmm. I would very much um, listen far more than I would speak. Mm -hmm. um, I think I should still do more of that now, but um, so I used to be very attentive to what was happening in the room and, and learning what my deficits were and where I was strong and where I could complement that conversation and learn. So I, I was very much a eager, um, eager learner, um, I think was, was probably a very key skill that I developed at an early age. 
That is an amazing skill. Um, so would you say in terms of your eagerness to learn and when you think about this again, retrospectively, because at the time we don't realize these things are necessarily happening, but if you look back now with the view that you have, would you say that there were certain skills um, like this eagerness to learn that really stood out in terms of what led you here today? Yeah, I, I, the, I, I think there's a, uh, I'm, I'm very much a type A personality um, and I was very ambitious um, and, and very eager. I, I always had this, this philosophy that if I was going to be working um, you know, for a, a vast majority of my career, um, that I might as well do the best that I can and, and try and achieve as much as I possibly can. And, and I suppose as one gets older and, and hopefully wiser, um, one kind of uh, realizes that there's more to life and there's the opportunity to give back to communities that are desperately um, seeking um, uh, the same wisdom and insight and, and help along the way and also to shape out and round out a society that, that we um, you know, want to be part of. So I think that that's been an evolution for me. The, the skills that I realized that I had was very much in this um, networking, being able to be a persuasive communicator, um, getting my point across, um, not at 6.30 in the morning, but getting my point across as, as succinctly as possible, um, and then being wise to those opportunities. So I think that was being able to connect the dots and seeing, wow, there's, there's some real deficits here. This is a skill that I have. This is somebody that I know that I can connect into that piece and work with them uh, and be kind of a middleman for that conversation has been uh, very much the glue of what, what I've been doing over the last um, period of, of time. So yes, the, the networking element, the being able to communicate um, with authority, being able to um, look at a situation and identify the opportunity in it. So very much having this growth mindset has been yeah. incredibly important um, for me and uh, to, to try as far as possible to see opportunities instead of, uh, of problems uh, in, in the way. Um, so problems just are, are obstacles to be overcome. And so having that mindset has, has been helpful for me. I, I don't know if I answered the question. Sorry. I think I, no, you did. You I did. Missed. Okay. That's it's, it's like, I, I mean, in the world of skills, we tend to refer the, to those as resiliency skills, but I still call them growth mindsets. Some people might like to say life skills, all the good things. Would you say mm -hmm. that you feel like that was really a combination of life education work or would you lean more towards these skills that you feel are making you successful were more geared towards education as in like where you learned them hmm yeah i i i think it has to be at the intersection of the two um i i think that without the grounding without the knowledge um those skills aren't really meaningful in in some way. So I think one has to one has to have a combination of the two. Um, so so life gets in the way, but then you you have the the kind of the foundational experience and, and understanding of of what what it is um, the subject matter that you're learning and so on. And it's the intersection of the two that that really is where the sweet spot is and and where the magic happens. Uh, but if I were to lean in one direction, I would say probably uh, life um, is is probably a better teacher um, than than academic uh, institutions in in that particular vein. Albeit that we're trying to do something about that um, 
in, in the academy. Definitely. Well, let's definitely shift gears over there because I'd love to hear maybe a little bit like this is now in your mind, obviously, this like intersection. And, you know, I love the way that you guys are doing something a little outside of the box, um, really enjoying a lot of the content. But let's talk a little bit more about what you're up to there and maybe that mm. how you're handling that intersection as well. Yeah, wonderful. So uh, thanks for that. I, I, uh, so the the Kahoot business um, has been in operation for about uh, 13 to 15 years in, in that order. And what, what they realized, um, because I, I wasn't part of that business at that stage, but what they realized is, is that people avoid in this learning experience and, and not dissimilar to some of the stuff that I was talking about earlier, where you were being spoken to as opposed to enjoying a, a conversation. Um, the, the Kahoot team were very cognizant of that and wanted to make that learning experience fun and engaging. So fun and engaging um, has been part of their mantra for, for quite some time. And uh, the business started off doing a, a series of, of kind of managed webinars where they would work with uh, professional associations by and large to deliver um, continuous professional development learning and, and offer certification and so on. And the business then evolved into developing a proprietary um, learning management system. Uh, I, I should use that in quotation marks because it's not so much a learning management system, but it's, it's far more sophisticated than that, but it's the best illustration of what, what it does. Um, and this was the uh, coining, uh, in uh, moving, uh, sorry, um, coining the phrase kind of this people-mediated experience um, uh, so that one enters the, the cohort um, uh, with a series of expertise and skills and experience and insights, and they share that with the group together with learning through the facilitation and curation of that material by experts. So mm -hmm. it's this combination and this, this ecosystem that was built that amplified learning and, and um, got really good outcomes for students. So that was all in the proprietary vein. So working with institutions like Rio Tinto and the Australian government and um, had the fortunate uh, position to be working with uh, MIT University and, and Stanford University as well, building out a series of, of courses there. And I started consulting with the business about three years ago when I um, finished off a project at, at Get Smarter, which was a business um, doing uh, incredible work uh, out of South Africa, where I'm originally from. Uh, and that business was sold to, to you. Um, so the big uh, online program management provider out of the US. And on that sale, um, I immigrated over to Australia. Um, and uh, started working in some uh, small OPM providers here and consulting with this business uh, that had been a, a, a kind of quasi-competitor for quite some time. Um, and, uh, and, and what I realized is that this platform and the way that they build learning was just far better than what I had seen before and far more inclusive and far more um, aligned to, to what I had hoped for a, a vision for, for higher education. And then rounding that out to what we're doing now, um, the opportunity to build an Academy of Future of Work courses um, has been something that I've done at a few institutions, um, also RMIT online. Mm -hmm. And the idea was to do that on a micro level, uh, so our courses are very short uh, at the Kahoot Academy. They are three weeks long uh, and um, we cover the, the full gamut of, of kind of experiences, learning experiences from human capabilities to digital skills to contemporary ways of working. And we've got courses in each of those that we're building 
um, and where uh, our main audience is workforce professionals or, or working professionals mm -hmm. that are seeking to level up and, and improve their culture um, and, and get them prepared to seize opportunity that is presented by this massive onslaught of, of the industrial 4.0. Um, yeah. So that's, that's essentially what, what we're focused on and that human capabilities is, is something that we're very passionate about. That's amazing. And I mean, I, I've seen this in action and I just think it's a fantastic experience. It's sort of like, I, I'm trying to think of a better word, but what some people might call like a mastermind where like a group of people almost come together and bring in that knowledge and share and learn from each other. And so you're right. It's almost like a guided experience as opposed to um, any sort of like learning as we would have traditionally known. I think you guys have done a really fantastic job with this. Yeah, well, that's that's. Uh, thank you, first of all. Um, I I think you hit the nail on the head. There is that we know this world is absolutely full to the brim of content. Um, one is actually overwhelmed by a fire hose of of kind of information every single day. The power that we felt was being able to curate that into a sensible learning pathway um, where one can develop these skills in a very short space of time and, and really see massive capability uplift um, across the board. So what, what we do with the programs um, in our human capabilities, for example, we have courses on, on resilience and, and yes. radical empathy and, um, and, and these sorts of uh, adaptive leadership is another. And what, what we do is we make sure that the activities um, involve the cohort. So we learn, as I, as I mentioned, from each other, but we also um, pepper them with the, with the raft of, of um, uh, experiences and, and content and insights from, from a range of people and then have a, a team of subject matter experts that then create that and that discussion evolves over that three-week period so those 21 days and we have various exercises that helps one build a habit over that period of time mm -hmm. so that they come out the other end as as hopefully a uh, a better more well-rounded individual and more able to cope and and thrive more more importantly right. in um in this changing environment so true. Now, how if when someone goes through at the, one of these learning experiences, how do they then communicate to their employer or potential employer um, the skills that they've gained? Yeah, so that, that's a great question. So most of our most of our um, uh, of the cohort comes from organisations themselves. So they um, send a, a series of people. Um, so that could tens to hundreds, whatever it is. Um, and what we do is we actually report on that progress um, uh, on a very granular level. So uh, being a proprietary system, we, we, we're very, very lucky in the sense that um, we can uh, share almost anything that's happening on that platform, um, you know, time spent on page to device that's being used, time of day, uh, what learning outcomes have been achieved and so on and so forth. So it's a very sophisticated data machine. Again, probably going back to what I said earlier about the importance of data being able to help you make these decisions. Mm -hmm. But we provide a, an awesome uh, infographic at the end of the, the program uh, to the uh, account payer and, and to the individuals themselves about what their performance has been like and what that cohort has learned relative to um, the, sorry, what their um, team have learned relative to the cohort mm -hmm. and how they've progressed on their journey. 
And then um, uh, on the individual side of things, um, they're given the opportunity to obviously surface these these uh, credentials on their their LinkedIn profiles and their social channels and so on. So um, we we've got a, a credly integration, um, and uh, uh, and and so that that happens. But they the the uh, testimonial values that uh, or testimonials that we get from these programs is just sensational um, it, it's amazing to you know all of that aside when when somebody says that they've been able to change their life as a result of the program or whether they've had um, just uh, you know we've, we've had people that have been made redundant during a course um, and they're on resilience and and they they say to us that look I mean if it wasn't for this program we I simply would not have got through this very um, difficult time in in my career so it's it's that that is more appealing than than the data itself but certainly the data is is a good indication of success as well that's extremely touching I, I know and I mean especially now right I can only imagine the wonderful comments that you're receiving just helping people as they try to navigate these sort of like more extreme challenges, <laughs> but yeah. um, nonetheless challenges, which, you know, that happens. But now with the employers, so I'm kind of curious when I think through some of the questions that I hear from employers are that they, you know, once someone goes through, again, this is maybe more traditional in terms of learning, uh, my, the, the things that I've heard, but I wonder how you guys address this. So some of the things that I've heard are things like, well, you know, once we, um, someone goes through learning and gets a typical degree or a badge or whatever, um, the employer is needing to reassess that person. Um, are you finding that the data that you're providing to employers and sort of the visibility in their particular teams that are going through these cohorts is enough or are they really wanting to sort of, I'm curious how deep they want to dig in and can they actually see how these, their team members slash students are interacting? Mm. It's a, it's an interesting um, comment. It's not something that I've had terribly much exposure to directly, but um, I think one thing that we, we, we could draw a bright line between some of these things. I think our programs are, are um, they're uh, all about capability improvement and um, and about building oneself as part of the the broader organization and part of the broader ecosystem what i um where i see that there may be a need for organizations to um, double check on on what has been done or what has been accomplished um, may relate more specifically to to hard skills that maybe have been developed during the course, but want to reassess um, that capability um, at, in another way or via a mechanism that the, that the organization um, prefers. Um, so be it that they go and do a, a boot camp on, on some kind of data analytics program or through Udacity or whatever it is, um, there may be another mechanism by which that organization wants to, to test those um, capabilities. Mm -hmm. For us, um, we almost get the, the buy-in of the organization themselves being a B2B organization um, mm -hmm. ourselves. And so the people that go through our program are, uh, we've kind of aligned those expectations at the outset. So, mm -hmm. And we do um, check in with those students later and we have these follow-up surveys so we can, we can assess the performance of students. Yeah. Uh, over time, but so it doesn't maybe relate as as um, neatly to to our organization or, or the work that I've been doing today. Okay, that makes sense. And now you said I know you mentioned it's B two B, but so is the only way that someone could 
actually go through one of these courses through their organization or do you guys have anything set up where people can access them directly? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, so while we target specifically um, our B2B clients um, that we've been working with for, for a number of years and, and continue to work with new ones, the, the program is an open enrollment program as well. Um, so you are most welcome and we do find uh, many students uh, adopting that. So they will see something on social media and they're, uh, that'll pique their interest. And absolutely, we, we um, uh, because it's part of a cohort, one one learns from a from a team of others we mm -hmm. actually have we've got the very fortunate position in that we can uh create very unique environments for different sets of people so um i, I know i'm rambling here but no. be it uh let's say for example an uh, organization like rio tinto uh mm -hmm. sends a hundred people onto a, a design thinking program that that we offer uh the students um that enroll separately could experience a different look and feel to that um, learning experience than the Rio Tinto group. Um, mm -hmm. So there can be some customization and configuration to the platform, but yet one can still learn from each other in a, in a, in a, a cohort that's um, a co-created cohort. So we, we do some interesting things for our B2B customers to make that experience more personalized and rich. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, we can um, infinitely scale uh, uh, the number of enrollments and, and certainly individuals can enroll in our programs. That's great. And, and if anyone wants to go and find out more information on signing up by themselves or an organization that might want, might want to offer that, is that through Kahoot Learning? Kahoot Learning. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, there's a website that, that one can go to and, and then uh, make the necessary inquiries. Yes. Yeah. What's, if there was one, I mean, I'm sure that this is hard to answer, but if there was one course or, you know, do you call them courses? Yes, we do. Okay. Yes. If there was one course that you recommend right now on the platform, what would you suggest? Yeah, I, I, Are I'm you? a big fan. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the the cyber program that we're putting together at the moment. So we've got a program called Getting Cyber Smart, and and that program starts on the 26th of October. Okay. Um, and uh, we're we've actually I launched it on on LinkedIn yesterday uh, through a post. It's still in a formation but it's it's a super super cool and and fun program i think it's it's really about oneself and and them as a line of defense for their organizations but it takes into account very contemporary and and fun examples of of how cyber threat is is taking place and manifesting itself in your everyday life mm -hmm. uh, but i just think the examples and the people that we have involved in that program is is very very cool um so if there was one i was gonna yeah highlight that that would certainly be it okay that makes sense well we'll definitely keep an eye out for that so we're coming close to the end of our time here warren i like to finish off with just maybe a little bit of an open-ended question obviously our audience has learned so much today hopefully just as much as i have but if is there any parting words that you'd like to leave with them and that can be anything on you know life experience to your organization happy to you know think outside the box <laughs> Yeah, it's a wonderfully broad uh, question. Um, so I'll, I'll probably lean into one probably a little bit closer to my heart at the moment. And, and this speaks to the, the radical displacement that we're, we're seeing. As I mentioned before, I'm, I'm focused on a project in, in higher education at the moment as well. And 
my eyes have truly been opened at the scale of dismantling of our, our current institutions and that being massive layoffs um, and, and furloughs um, from, from a myriad of people um, and, and large scale numbers here. So what, what my message to those people is, is um, I, I'm a firm believer like you, of course, that, that skills are, are the way forward to make one more employable, um, to, to allow them to open their eyes to see uh, wonderful opportunities that, that exist in this space. Um, in this time of uncertainty, there, there are wonderful opportunities to be had and, and skills and through conversation is going to be the way that we unlock some of those potentials and, and nothing more than um, having deep empathy. Um, so our courses on, on empathy and resilience and so on are, are definitely aligned to, to that um, space um, and also the entrepreneurial skills that one needs because now more than ever the giant corporations are are getting smaller and smaller um, in number uh, and and they are not going to be our, our lifeblood the lifeblood of of the economy and and certainly for ourselves is going to be an entrepreneurial pursuits so um, getting involved in small business being entrepreneurial being innovative um, developing your skills and, and constantly learning um, and being open to learning while I appreciate the mental challenges and uh, well the, the mental health challenges and so on um, I, I really want you to know that there are communities there to support you um, I'll, I'll we don't say that we're um, helping you with uh, your your psychological well-being but we certainly are helping um, you develop the skills that are going to make you more employable and and to to ensure that you get the most out of out of this difficult time um, so that's that's probably it's a lofty answer sorry no I love it um, and I and I agree and I, I would just add to what you're saying that I although you're saying you're not necessarily helping directly with the psychological, mental health, and so on and so forth, a lot of those skills that you're focused on, which is like empathy, resilience, um, are so helpful in challenging times. Um, so yes. I'll just say that it's, you know, <laughs> I've even listened through one of the courses on resiliency and someone that tries to be pretty much like all the time optimistic it's it's a practice that's it at yes. the end of the day you can't just pick it up once and learn it just like anything else in our life you just have to keep focusing on that every day and there are things that come your way so i i, I really appreciate those courses that you guys offer and i I'll, I'll just add back that personal note that it really is helpful wonderful yeah no and thank you i um very grateful for for our time this morning and just for your your support and encouragement and the work that you do uh, it's it's so so important at this particular time and I think we're all very focused on on trying to help people um, address these challenges and and have a better a better future for for our kids and and for themselves as well ditto Warren I completely agree thank you so much again for joining us and I also just want to let everybody know that you can find more information about Kahoot Learning on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at Kahoot Learning or KahootLearning.com. Of course, if anyone is interested in those courses or any offering that to your organization, you can find that information. You can also follow Warren on LinkedIn at Warren Kennard. Um, Warren, are there any other socials that you'd that you're available on that I should be mentioning to anyone? Unfortunately, not. Uh, oh no! I, I just, the bandwidth is is challenging these days. So most of my most of my work happens on on LinkedIn. 
Okay, sounds good. Just wanted to make sure everyone knew. Um, and I want to thank you all for also listening in to this episode of Let's Talk About Skills, Baby. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share, offer a rating. I'd really appreciate it. You can also find me, Kelly Ryan Bailey, on all the socials at Kelly Ryan Bailey. And we appreciate your time today, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful day. Bye, Warren. Bye-bye.